You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Shouldn't you be at work? Anderson, off the line by Wegley and turned in by Bruce. Strachan gets the corner in, Bruce. Top corner. Bruce arriving and Bruce scoring. Now it's going to be Brian Robson floating in there towards Steve Bruce. And it's in there. Sharp gets another go. Two decoy runs and Steve Bruce scores. So Nigel Spink against Steve Bruce and Bruce wins it and United are ahead. Now you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin. Will he score? And we've got a midweek bonus episode for you right now. You may have heard earlier in the week that the Quickly Kevin fan club is now accessible via Apple Podcasts. So you can go to anotherslice.com and sign up to the Quickly Kevin fan club or you can get ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, episodes you've never heard before going back years and now also available on the Apple Podcast app via subscription which is great news if you like flexibility. So to celebrate the Quickly Kevin fan club now being available on Apple Podcasts as a subscription, we're dropping in, for me, my favourite chapter from all the Steve Bruce books, Chapter 10, Striker. And I would honestly say, Josh, Michael and I have had so many texts about how much people enjoyed this episode. So to celebrate the Quickly Kevin fan club now being available on Apple Podcasts, here it is. This is going to be Chapter 10 of Striker. I'm not going to bother to try and bring you up to speed of what is happening in this Steve Bruce murder mystery. To this point, you're just going to have to figure it out for yourself. The full episode is coming up right now. Enjoy it. And don't forget, if you want all the other chapters in the Steve Bruce books, if you want this episode to make sense to you you can sign up for the quickly kevin fan club and you can do that in two ways now another slice.com forward slash quickly kevin or jumping on the apple podcast app and uh signing up for a subscription good stuff enjoy this enjoy it chapter 10 striker by steve bruce hello and welcome to chapter 10 of steve bruce's striker i'm chris gold joining me as always josh whittacombe hello the sir lawrence of proceedings michael marden is here hello and our literary expert, Ivo Graham, joins us once again. Who am I? The pickles of proceedings. The pickles of proceedings. Just snuffling around. Nah, you're, you'd play Sir Lawrence in the movie, actually. Missing every story. <laughs> Focusing on the wrong bits of the prose. <laughs> no, in reality, Harry Pickles should be thinking, I should write a book about this. Do you know what I mean? Rather than I should completely ignore it. 
Every single one of Harry Pickles' colleagues has been picked up by The Athletic at this point. <laughs> still trudging <laughs> along. Yeah, I suppose if Leddersford got into the Premier League, would Harry Pickles get a call from The Athletic to be their Leddersford correspondent? No, I don't think he would. He'd be bitterly tweeting about it for the rest of his life. Do you know, uh, like in my capacity as uh, at West Ham, I sit in the press box and there's a couple of guys from the local newspaper who have been there for 40, 50 years. And you yeah. think, like, I kind of think, how do you not advance? Like, but I think it's such a lovely job. Yeah, I think it is. Because you're, you're covering one club. It must yeah. be amazing to be kind of... Like, the guy that covers Plymouth Argyle, Chris Errington, for the Plymouth Herald, he's been doing it since I can remember. It's like being Ken Barlow, isn't it? It becomes your kind of life's work, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, no, I see that. I see that. Like, better that than you get a job at the at the Independent and suddenly you're being sent to Southampton versus Watford on a Saturday. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. And I imagine if you're the expert local journalist, you get absolutely unbelievable access. Yeah, yeah. Steve Blowers does. Steve Blowers. To reveal his identity. That feels a bit Harry Pickles, doesn't it? Steve Blowers. Steve, is he the West Ham one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the uh, Ilford, Ilford Recorder. The Romford recorder. Sorry. Important clarification. Um, how much chat do you and Steve Blowers have? A fair amount. He's such <laughs> a massive fan. We, we can't ignore the fact that, the like, were this book about a fictional sort of West Ham club and the local journalist was called <laughs> oh Steve Blowers, we'd be absolutely picking that apart. <laughs> What's he blowing? Bubbles? <laughs> I've, never, uh, I've never clocked that. Have you not? No, for years. I've never clocked that. I'll give you some chat for the next time, though. <laughs> what does he think about you, do you think? Uh, I think he's... Uh, yeah, I think he, he does like me. Yeah. I think, he, he, like, uh, I, there was definitely early interactions where I think he was testing my knowledge, but once I passed those tests, we, we were great after that point. How did he, he do that? Did he go, God, it feels like... It's as cold as uh, the day when uh, we scored... Uh, when we won the FA Cup in 1981. Who scored the winner? <laughs> 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 and I'd go, it was 1980, you're not going to get me there. <laughs> Blowers. Blowers. Do you uh, call him Blo- Are you sure that's his surname and not his nickname? Yeah. <laughs> so he's been doing it for years, and uh, mm. he will still get excited when he meets players. You can see visibly he gets excited. I'm like, Steve. I'm like in my head. I'm like, how are you? How are you not? Surely you're. You've met. He's met everyone. He's been around for like forty years. It how must does be... he still get ex- visibly excited to meet players? <laughs> what do you mean he gets visibly excited? What are his tells? <laughs> well, he asked for like uh, he asked for autographs and stuff like that. When like, oh, like yeah, and, get, and he gets him to sign stuff and that. Get a camera phone, Steve. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe that's because he's got, like, Steve Blowers has probably got some... If he's been doing that for 40 years, he's, he's in too deep, isn't he? Like, he's got, well, he's got a collection and he can't stop now. How much, Chris, do you think old Blowers envies your easy rapport with the likes of Marlon Harewood and Carlton Cole? <laughs> he's envious. He's really envious. <laughs> I've never seen that Chris Skull ask for an autograph. <laughs> Great dignity. Yeah. In the version of this story that takes place in West Ham and you're found with a knife in your hand and Marlon Hare were dead, yeah, yeah. Blowers 
page one is suspect number one now. <laughs> well, I haven't told you this, but here's the thing, right? I've never really asked for autographs in that room of being where I'm stand, but you know, my ambition is to build a, a pub in the end of my garden, build a little like a pub shed. And so now I'm now I've got one eye on. I need some West Ham stuff in there, and it needs to be signed. So I, I'm gonna ask Mark Noble for a shirt. I'm gonna do what's known as the Steve Blowers and ask. <laughs> oh yeah, ask a player. Yeah, and I, like, I'm thinking about other stuff. Like, what would I want in a like if I had my own little pub shed? Yeah, what would I want in it? Now I'm in that place. I know, so I'm going to keep going to close eye on Steve Blower, see what he's getting signed and maybe look for some inspiration. <laughs> it's just Blower's not just getting a book signed. Blower's is doing merch. Have you checked, like, whether Blower's is just supplementing his income on eBay? <laughs> on eBay, he could do. They're going, do you want me to make it out? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> told you, you remember there was a player for West Ham called Steve Jones and uh, I was walking through London and I was actually on the way to a killer's gig and I saw him outside a hotel a really posh hotel it turned out he was waiting for Bono because he runs on and has a sideline of an autograph collection so I saw an old West Ham player from the 90s what? he was hanging around outside a hotel like, to, get an autograph. to get like five massive prints of Bono signed no because like Bono was in London yeah and he tracked him down and he had did you see the five print massive prints of yes. Bono yes yes wow was he coy about that, or was he quite matter of fact? No, he was proud as punch. He was proud as punch. Because I, 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 he said, what are you doing? I, I said, like, what, are you, what are you doing, Molly? I, I didn't I thought <laughs> I thought going to Killer's gig was sad, but this, this, this takes the biscuit. Skull was having a giant picture of Adam Clayton. <laughs> no. no. 
Because uh, I was like, oh, Steve Jones is doing well for himself, hanging around outside this hotel. And I was like, oh, what, are you, what are you doing? I thought, is he taking the missus away? And then I spotted. Is he a bellboy? Then I spotted the cyclist. I was like, what? And he was like, oh, I get things signed. I'm like, I run a little autograph business. And he was like, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm going to see the killers. He went, Brandon Flowers, uh, Mandarin Oriental, West End. Like, he, he knew where he was staying. He just, re- he just repeated it back to me. I find that astonishing that I know. Bono I know. And, uh, and Brandon Flowers aren't staying in the same hotel. <laughs> so was Bono anything to do with that gig? No, Surely he was Bono's they were got playing a uh, pad, hasn't he? No, they were playing a different... I think they were playing at Twickenham that night and the kids were playing Hyde Park. Oh. Yeah. I think Bono and Brandon Flowers deliberately stay in different hotels as an agreement that at least one of them will give Jones the slip. <laughs> <laughs> Distract the other. <laughs> Do you know what as well? It was the, when I saw the pictures, it was really kind of early 80s era Bono. So the pictures like it was when it's like when Bono looked like Anne Robinson. So he when he said he was getting these signed pictures of Bono, for a brief second I thought, that isn't Bono. That looks like Anne Robinson. Like no. that's what's worth the most. Yeah. A picture of Anne Robinson. Robinson signed by Bono. <laughs> well, do you reckon Bono draws his own wraparound shades onto the picture of him from the 80s? Onto, onto pictures of Anne Robinson. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's bad planning, isn't it? I wonder how much that evening... Like, so Steve Jones is basically... That's that's his work, right? So he's gone... What time of the day was it? It was morning. It was like, uh, it was like 11. So that's his day's work, really, because he doesn't yeah. know what time Bono's coming out of his hotel. So I went back to the club and I was I said to like one of the press officers, I was like, you're never going to believe who I saw last weekend <laughs> outside the hotel. It's like, Steve Jones. So Steve Jones is an ambassador for West Ham. He like he, he does stuff. Oh. And, then I, and then I got the scoop that... So Steve Jones, he's uh, sometimes he'll turn up at, um, at the training ground or... Uh, He'd, he comes and meets fellow ambassadors and just gets loads of stuff signed. He'll turn up to, like, Billy Bond stuff. He's constantly getting things signed, like, making things, getting stuff. It's, like, basically his job is going yeah, around. He's probably doing... Like, if you think, what's... Let's, let's just go on eBay for a signed Bono photo. <laughs> One sec. Do you know what? I might get... I'm thinking about this pump shed. I might get a picture of Bono signed by Bono and Steve Jones. <laughs> I mean, best of luck to you. <laughs> Are you, you going to go through Jones for that? <laughs> What's easier? Is it easier to go through Bono? I mean, you're not making a huge amount of money on these things. A copy of Boy signed by all four of them, which is a lot more than yeah. is worth 200 quid. So a signed photo of Bono is not getting you more than 30 quid, surely? Really? I suppose, yeah, yeah. Did he, did he not have any records? No, it was like a like a big. I would say it was like A three black and white proper big photos of Bono. It's a hell of a gamble, isn't it? Because you're you're basically doing this situation where you 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 know Bono's got to walk past you. He's got to agree. He's got to not go out the back yeah. entrance. All these kind of things. And yeah. where is he getting hold? So he's he must look ahead. He's getting those printed as snappy snaps. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking ahead, going, "You two are in London. Yeah, I'll get those printed. Then I've got to head down there." And wait. He must have inns at the hotels, mustn't he? Yeah, he must do. For me, that's dauntingly large a picture to have, even if I loved Bono and you too. I yeah. want like maximum one more on A4. And even that's probably not yeah. going to get framed and going on the wall. Yeah. 
So you, you're sort of you're pitching to like Bono super fans. People would have like a sort of mural of Bono with a picture that size. But maybe that's the market. Maybe it's like supercars or like luxury watches. Past a certain tipping point, people will pay big bucks. They'll be like, I'm A5, not interested. Like, what, what you got? What you got that's bigger? Come on, what's your big stuff? I cannot wait for Chris's first birthday after the completion of his pub shed. going to be an absolute feast. <laughs> Right. Shall we do what we're here for? Yes. Okay. Chapter ten. Shall we? Shall we recap from chapter nine that we've just got to this position where um, Steve Barnes has been told by his assistant Julie that a woman has turned up saying that she is pregnant by the murderer of Duffy. And then I just, just think about it. Then I don't think anything else happened really in that last chapter. No, it's not just really. Been, I don't, he had a bath. That was it. Yeah, he had a bath. <laughs> chapter ten. Steve Bruce's striker. The girl was a stunner. Even in an advanced stage of pregnancy, when many females do not look at their best, she was a remarkably pretty girl. Wow. Jesus. (laughs) Probably the worst line in the book. Yeah, I think that's probably the worst opening to a chapter you could ever imagine. There's a few things in this book where you're like, this, you can't get away with this in 2021. I don't think you could get away with that in 1999, though. I don't think that's not of its time. No, fair enough. This is hardly surprising. When you come to think of it, young football stars are athletic, committed to pleasure and socialising, and rich. So it follows that they're going to attract talent. That is very um, Redknapp hanging out the back of it, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit Richard Keezy, that. Yeah. Committed to pleasure is uh, an interesting turn of phrase as well. <laughs> Sort of picturing, oh, not quite a Marquis the Sard, but like some kind of like... Yeah. <laughs> again, Steve Bruce or Barnes uh, discussing a thing I think that's orbited his world, but he has no real proper sense of it. I think he thinks they're committed to pleasure, like within the context of his own loveless marriage. Jane. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's fair to call it a loveless marriage, is it? It has, there is an ounce of respect to it, you could argue. I mean, he doesn't spend any time with her in the three books, but yeah. I suppose he is thrice investigating murders. So <laughs> they are busy periods of his life. Please sit down, I said. Can I get you anything to drink? No, thank you. I prefer to say what I have to say and then leave. She spoke fluently and clearly. She wasn't the dumb blonde of popular perception. Blondes rarely are. You claim to know who murdered Pat. I don't merely claim, she said. I know for certain. Then tell me, I urged her. I readily admit that I was sceptical of her claims. As you know, I have been charged with the crime. I'm out on bail, of course, but I'm the chief suspect. That is quite ridiculous, the girl replied. Do you have a name? I didn't catch it. Michelle, she said. And your surname? Just Michelle for the moment. Okay, Michelle, whatever you say. I looked at the fax machine. There's a printout of the time on it, and it was time for me to be leaving for home. What? Looking at Michelle. Hold on. (laughs) He's using the fax machine as his wristwatch. <laughs> also, it's, and it's a printout. Every, every minute, his fax machine prints out a new sheet of A4 time on it. How long has that fax been there, Steve? It could be the wrong time. I think he must mean a digital clock. He's, he just, but the printout is confusing. But I suppose in the same way that now we use our phones, there was a period when certainly people used their microwave as a clock a yeah, lot, yeah, didn't yeah. they? So maybe the yeah. fax machine was the same. I lived in a non-fax machine. How I don't think I ever really. By the time I was in offices, the fax had died. So I, I, my life and the life of fax machines hasn't really interacted. 
having your lunch at 10am because you just thought it was lunchtime. No fax machine. Exactly, no fax machine to tell me. <laughs> Looking at Michelle and listening to her, I could see why she had impressed Julie. She had not come across as either a silly young girl or some immature, hysterical camp follower. Right, I'm listening, I said, seeking to hide my impatience. I met him while we were at school. Him, please. That's surely not a surprise, Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the father of your child's a man. Him, while well, we've narrowed down 30, 50% of people. It's definitely not a woman, then. Please, she said, let me begin at the beginning. Carry on. It was a co-educational private school. I was in the year below him. Even then, he was known to be a good soccer player. I began to wonder which of my squad had enjoyed the privileges of a private education. I couldn't think of anyone. Was the, was the girl simply weaving a fantasy? Or could it be that in my short time with the club, I had not come to know all my players well enough? I vowed to spend more time reading the personnel files. <laughs> a good manager should have all the facts about individuals in his memory. Were you educated in Scotland, I asked. Michelle looked surprised. What makes you think that? I shrugged my shoulders. Nothing. A shot in the dark. Of course, though I didn't tell the girl, I was thinking of Jimmy Lawson. I doubted that he had ever been to an independent school, but one can never be certain. Even the most expensive schools produce young men and women who take drugs and become addicted to gambling. True that. Very <laughs> true. <laughs> Could Jimmy have been educated in England? That seemed unlikely. He had the strong guttural accent of someone from the Strathclyde area of Scotland. Right. That's pretty pretty punchy analysis from Barnes. Yeah. Guttural. Yeah. Guttural. From the Strathclyde area, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> but who was I to point fingers? I've been away from home, in effect, for 25 years, and I've retained my Geordie accent. Some things never leave you, unless, that is, you make a conscious effort to change. Thoughts with uh, Steve McLaren after that, Barb. <laughs> After school, I went on to university, Michelle continued. Which one, I asked. Although I was in a hurry to go home, I had decided that the best tactic was to string along, be as affable as possible, and tries to tease out some answers. But she's telling him. <laughs> yeah, She I said, know, I'll just not... tell you this. And he's like, I'll get, I'll get this out of her by asking her questions <laughs> as she tells me yeah, about no. needless things. <laughs> yeah, and like, also she's here because she wants to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> And you're going, wait a minute, is there a clue in where the school was? It's like, just wait and she'll tell you. She's also, not going to get to the end and go, and you should have been able to work it out from all of that, so I'm not going to tell you the name. Also, this interview has been going for two pages. Just ask the question, who killed Pat Duffy? Well, she has, here. and she said she'll tell him from the beginning. Oh, right, fine. Okay, all right, yeah. right. Yeah. And did you do anything on your gap year in between school and university? <laughs> Although I was in a hurry to go home, I had decided that the best tactic was to string along, be as affable as possible, and try to tease out some answers. Sunderland, she said. Media systems. Do you think, do you think he means media <laughs> studies? Yeah, what is media systems like? I've never heard of media systems. Telecommunications. Is that a bit like Ledgersford Town? He's changed the, uh, changed the degree slightly. Media the media studies department of Sunderland University going, none of our students would ever get knocked up by a murderer. Thank you very much. <laughs> Although if they did, they'd retain their looks, unlike most people. <laughs> 
public relations, that kind of thing? No, the mechanics of sound and television broadcasting. I took an upper second. The two one. You took? Can you take an upper second? It's quite a weird way of saying I got yeah, two one. Got two. Well, it's an upper I, second. Yeah, two I one. Probably yeah. would. I mean, he hasn't even had to tease her grade out of her. <laughs> I didn't bother with her details of my own sparse GCSE results at the Newcastle Comprehensive. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> What's he think is like some sort of big dick contest around like education? Why really, he... It really plays in his mind, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Such a chip on his shoulder. Oh, here we go. Not a first then, I said. <laughs> How, uh, how's teasing it out with the charm <laughs> going? Be as affable as possible. What you think? (laughs) Started revising too late, did you? Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. So anyway, who killed him? (laughs) What rapport he's striking up here. There was only one first in my year, she said. She paused briefly. Anyway, he went straight into football. Didn't bother with higher education. Him and me both, I thought. Not that I had any regrets. What I was doing now was exactly what I wanted to do. The football business was providing me with a good living. And if it all collapsed, as it might well do, I could always invest some of my savings in that partnership with my dad. (laughs) And that's the one glimpse we get of that as an option. (laughs) Although it wasn't always easy, given the demands of football, we continued to meet, Michelle continued. A full relationship, I suggested quietly. She looked straight into my eyes. An unflinching state, not at all brazen. We loved one another, she said. Loved? Does that denote the past? I learned that he was seeing other girls and not always being discreet. What do you mean? Photographs in the newspapers and magazines coming out of nightclubs with other girls? Don't always believe what you see in the press, Michelle. I remember one occasion... Can I just ask, sorry? Yeah. What magazine is picking up a photo of a player for Leddersford Town? Cheating on his girlfriend. <laughs> I don't I mean... You what? think Pickers would be shutting that down in a heartbeat? <laughs> I get maybe the newspaper, but I still... Championship player seen coming out of nightclub with someone who isn't his girlfriend is not a news story, surely to God. Um, but when you add in the fact that he was the, the only person to get a first in media systems... No, no, he wasn't the only one. No, there was only one first in a year, but he went straight into football, didn't bother with higher education. Oh, I thought that was the person we were talking about. No, she got a, she got she, a degree. She got a two one. He had nothing to do with her, her university career. It was just an aside in the conversation. Oh, wrong. <laughs> but sorry, don't always believe what you see in the press, Michelle. I remember one occasion when I went drinking with two of my Mulcaster mates in the days when I was bending my elbow rather more than was good for my health and my soccer skills. I've never heard that phrase before. No, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, bending my elbow. Been bending my elbow a bit too much in the last couple of weeks. Wanking? No, I mean drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As we were coming out, (laughs) two girls draped themselves round me. Their dresses left very little to the imagination. A photographer was on hand. Next day, I was in all the tabloids. There was a big match coming up against Ajax in the Netherlands. And the reporters made it clear that a high-earning player like me and the captain of the side should be setting a good example to others by keeping better hours and not cavorting in the small hours with girls scantily dressed. What the papers and later the magazines said did not worry me one bit. The problem was persuading Susan, we were engaged to be married at the time, that I was with my mates and the whole episode was a sting. So why, Susan asked, 
were the others not in the photographs. I had to explain <laughs> that with modern scanning techniques and a strong pair of scissors, <laughs> photographs can be falsified. <laughs> Two people on a boat far away can be made to appear to be right next to each other. You don't believe me? It happened to Princess Diana and Dodie Fayed. Classic. That is astonishing. <laughs> so many. Where to start? So many questions, yeah. So, firstly, do you think that's ever happened to him? No. 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 No, no, I don't think it has. I mean, firstly, what is the motive of those two girls? Are they being paid by the sort of photographer or the son? Ajax? To buy Ajax. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing about that. That It's like, oh, an, an area known for its prostitutes. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that you could ship a couple in and have them hang around the doors all night, get the paps ready. And is a suggestion what that these it's actually sort of big group of lads and ladies leaving the club, all draped around each other, and then it's only the strong pair of scissors that's made it look like it's just uh, Barnes and his harem. Yeah, I think I think that is. I mean, what background have they then put him on? <laughs> um, also, I don't. I know there's obviously lots of conspiracies around the Princess Diana death. I don't think anyone's ever questioned her relationship with Dodie Fired, have they? Yeah, well, until now. Well, I've always until thought he's had a bit of a, a whiff of scissors about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was sat at the other end of the boat and they moved her along using a strong pair of scissors. <laughs> I think we're going to have to get the Prits to go for this one, lad. Yeah. She was actually sat on a jetty miles away, but the perspective of the shot, they made it look like she was on the diving board of Fired's boat. You know, a strong pair of scissors... Is is that because you're, the the photographs you're cutting through are really massive, or you you need a strong pair of scissors because you're going to be doing it a lot, and the scissors will eventually? I don't know. Yeah. Why strong? What does it mean? Strong as in quality? Yeah. To, to really yeah. cut around the head. Yeah. Or, I mean, or, yeah. Were they genuinely in the late nineties just using scissors instead of? Maybe. Uh, do you know who, who would have been using his scissors? Pickles. Pickles. He's, he's not up with a digital printing press. He's doing the opposite. Pickles is cutting the uh, the two women out of the picture to save Barnes' skin. <laughs> Steve Barnes goes for a walk, an exclusive. <laughs> Pickles is cutting out a picture of Steve Bruce's head and popping it over Dodie Fayed's head. <laughs> Steve Barnes, to be clear. Not sorry, Steve sorry. Yeah, Steve Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The upshot was, Michelle continued, that we drifted apart, slowly, gradually, but definitely getting further apart. School romances rarely continue, I said. It wouldn't have mattered, but I was still in love with him. I am now, in a kind of way. Carrying a candle for someone, it's common enough. 
I was becoming quite an accomplished counsellor. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I must apply these skills to the squad members, if, that is, I continued as manager. But I couldn't mope forever, could I? So I took up with Pat. That surprises me, Michelle. Oh, why? You were clearly an educated young woman, sophisticated, university education. Pat Duffy is a quiet lad from a rural district of Ireland. Not your type, I would have thought. That was part of his attraction. He was soft and gentle. No pretenses, no big talk, no bragging about his sexual prowess. A thoroughly nice young man, in fact. Yeah, but we were not in love. We didn't have an affair. I believe you, I said. But the other guy became jealous, right? Insanely jealous, Michelle replied, especially when I became pregnant. But if you didn't have an affair, how could Pat be the father of your child? He wasn't. It was... There was a knock at the door. Oh! oh. I struck the desk with my fist. <laughs> Angry that Michelle had been interrupted at such a crucial moment. <laughs> That's such an absurd <laughs> thing to happen. <laughs> just go, just say who it is before I answer the door. Just say who it is. <laughs> She's here to tell you. Yeah. It's not, you haven't weaseled it out of her. That's I the know. thing. It was. <laughs> it's a knock on the door. Oh, God. Hang on. Here's why you can't ask. The person at the door did not wait for me to ask them in. Steve? Oh, sorry. I didn't know. What is it, Eddie? Oh. Team selection for Saturday's game. You, you said that. This isn't the best time, Eddie, I said. Tomorrow, perhaps? You are the big boss, Eddie replied. And his tone implied that he didn't expect me to remain in post much longer. Not that Eddie would benefit. There was no way Sir Lawrence would choose Eddie as my successor, and whoever took my place, an outsider, would almost certainly not see a plodder like Eddie Carberry as part of his push for premier status. I expected him to leave. I wanted to spare him the indignity of throwing him out. Eddie stared across at Michelle. Hello, Michelle, love. How are you? Fine, Eddie, fine, Michelle said and her voice reflected my own impatience at this interruption. Take good care of our baby, love, he said. <gasps> and he laughed in a vulgar way, thinking his remark very funny indeed. I was completely gobsmacked. Eddie Carberry, the father of Michelle's child? So I had been right in the first place. Eddie had killed Pat Duffy. I recalled what Julie had said earlier. She says the father of her child is the guy who killed Pat Duffy. Julie's exact words just before she showed Michelle into my office. Eddie laughed again, then looked at me with contempt before he left the room. I ought to have gone after him, but the surprise kept me rooted to my chair. Eddie Carberry and... And you? Pardon? He said he was the father of your child. Michelle laughed scornfully. Grow up, Steve, she said. That was Eddie's idea of a joke. Some joke, I replied. It's the best he can manage. How do you know, Eddie? She hesitated briefly before she answered. At parties, out with members of the team. Are you guys still there? No, oh, God. enjoying yeah, it. Oh, God. Sorry, <laughs> I was just genuinely thought. I was like, I think I might have just gone two pages out this to there. I was just genuinely really enjoying this story. Yeah, I was quite gripped. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I was sort of good, unpacking good, the fact that I was like, good. hold on, Car Carberry's the dad? How, how old is she and how old is yeah. Carberry? Hang on, so, oh, let's find out because I'm Obviously, well confused. I'm a mature student at, uh, at media, <laughs> media Systems. <laughs> I'm recalling this now that it, this things start happening really fast now, don't they? And think there's yeah. just handbrake turns in every direction. 
Yeah. Um, Grow up, Steve, she said. That was Eddie's idea of a joke. Some joke, I replied. It's the best he can manage. How do you know, Eddie? She hesitated briefly before she answered. At parties, out with members of the team, clubbing, I said, snorting the white stuff. Oh, my God. Mainlining too, Michelle said. What? Mainlining? Is that heroin? (laughs) Michelle, she's right. So Eddie Carberry goes out doing heroin and cocaine with the team. In nightclubs. In nightclubs. (laughs) Why is this Studio 54? Eddie's got a belt round his arm and needles hanging out. (laughs) Oh, come on, Eddie. Can't we have a nice time? No scissors required for this photo. (laughs) (laughs) So she's out with the team at Eddie Carberry. I mean, maybe there was a big heroin problem in championship footballers in the late 90s, but I don't remember that being a... No player has ever got caught up with heroin. No footballer, you can't... I, like, that is just not compatible with football. Cocaine, like Paul Merson kind of pulled it off, but you can't be doing heroin. Pulled it off. <laughs> <laughs> the white what, stuff. What an astonishing summary <laughs> of the Paul Merson story. He had a fairly good career on the white, while snorting the white stuff. <laughs> A heroin? Paul Merton pulled it off. The man who's been in and out of rehab for the last two decades. Oh, um, mainlining too. The white stuff. Sorry, yeah. carry on. Okay. Mainlining too, Michelle said. One of them at least. God, I said angrily. No wonder there was a string of poor results. Of course it was. your team on the bloody... On the smelling On the brown. <laughs> they were chasing the dragon instead of chasing points. <laughs> it, was like, it was like Pete Doherty and Carl Barat's flat at Letters from Town. In the... <laughs> they come in the canteen for training. Everyone's having that massive fry-up like Pete, the big docket he got caught having in Margate. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's amazing. I'll carry on, I suppose. What would but... a team of footballers on heroin look like? <laughs> they're just going to be asleep, well, they, aren't they? they do... Crawling down the toilet at halftime. I don't really know how it's going to impact them, but it's certainly not going to make them alert, is it? <laughs> how would they train after a night mainlining? <laughs> <laughs> With the assistant manager? <laughs> Fitness guy's got his work cut out here. Hi, <laughs> right, Max, uh, your fitness coach. Uh, first job, can you just clean up all these needles, please? Uh, and then, uh... So you're going to need more protein and you're going to need less heroin, I'm afraid. <laughs> gonna... Guys, guys, I know, I know you're not going to like this, but we've really got to lay off the smack if we're going to get these fitness levels up. <laughs> what? I know it's not what you want to hear, and I know it's not politically correct, but... Arsene Wenger, of course, famously brought a lot of new dietary stuff to the Premier League. He also insisted that none of his players did heroin. And he was he was seen as a lunatic back in the mid-90s. <laughs> that was the case. It was always going to be the first foreign manager to cut out the smack was going to clear up the tro- on the trophy front. <laughs> Astonishing. <laughs> <laughs> there was a string of poor results. <laughs> the players come out, they're, they're white faces, <laughs> a sheen of sweat after the first minute. Throwing up after. <laughs> 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 we 
we've got a real fitness issue. Someone get me Max Bush on the phone. <laughs> I think also, I think it's oh a real bad reflection on Max Bush. <laughs> He's failed to like, his top level training methods and fitness has failed to notice that his team are all junkies. <laughs> I'd like, argue, if you're even losing professional football matches by sort of narrow margins after another busy week on the horse, then that's, that's quite impressive stuff, actually. <laughs> the string of poor results, I would imagine, would be more like 15 yeah. nil. <laughs> right. right. So does that mean that the young Irish lad was on heroin as well? Because he's hanging around in that gang, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. They're all at it. They're all at it. <laughs> no wonder there was a string of poor results. Then he's dropped. <laughs> the enormity of my task was suddenly brought home to me. <laughs> yes. How are you going to take this bunch of smackheads up to the Premier League? <laughs> it's going to be the managerial achievement of a lifetime. <laughs> If I were going to get Leddersford to where they deserve to be in the Premier League, I had to clear out a lot of dead wood. I'd be starting with Carberry. And whoever had marks on the superficial veins of his arms. There'd be no rehab. The guy would be out on his ear. I owed it to the whole club, to Sir Lawrence and to myself. I think it's needless to say that he's not even going to get any rehab for Carberry. (laughs) I I think there's actually quite a lot of sort of dignified compassion to yeah. sacking someone, but also saying, do get the help you need. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Carberry, but you don't deserve the help you need because you've got the whole team addicted to heroin. <laughs> I do think there needs to be a period of self-reflection for Barnes because only last chapter do we learn that he was just dishing out abuse. Yeah. And what's that going to do to a guy's dignity? Yeah. Of course they're going to turn to the smack. <laughs> you've got to look at yourself, Steve. Um, I owed it to the whole club, to Sir Lawrence and to myself. Right, Michelle's time's up, or nearly so. You were just about to tell me the name. I stood up. Sit down, Steve, Michelle said. You look ridiculous, standing there like an angry schoolmaster. Uh, being super affable at this moment. I am angry, I told her, but I sat down nevertheless. For all her youth, she was a cool young woman. Why, he's trying to... She wants to tell him this thing, right? Yeah. She's come to tell him. He's talking about charming her. All he's done is be like wound up by her and make her less likely to tell him. Time's up. Why? She's about to tell you the murder <laughs> yeah, you've been chasing for three days. Oh, dear. I also noted the way that she had, for a second time, used my first name, but that didn't worry me one bit. The door burst open again. Had everyone taken leave of basic good manners? <laughs> It was Martin. Exactly. T- Didn't the last person knock? <laughs> <laughs> like, is this like one of those Alan Akebourne plays where people are like coming in and out of the doors and like <laughs> French farce, yeah. like Scooby Doo? <laughs> it's like one of those episodes of Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> it was Martin, Martin Thornton, skipper of the team, the young player in whom I had placed my faith just as all those years ago, the manager of United had placed his faith in me to lead his team to its first championship success in many years. I'd been able to come up with the goods, though I could not take all or even more than a small part of the credit. I just hoped Martin could do the same for town. I'm busy right now, Martin, I said. I presumed he'd come to see me. 
I say that's a good presumption, given that it's your office. <laughs> it was then that I noticed he wasn't even looking in my direction. His gaze was fixed on Michelle. There was anger blazing in his eyes. His face had the pallor of a person who is truly angry. Which is odd, because normally it's really white and washed out. <laughs> with, like, black rings yeah. around his eyes. Very rare <laughs> does anyone in the, 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 the Letters for Team have any facial expression. <laughs> Dead behind the eyes is... Uh, his face had the pallor of a person who is truly angry. When a person becomes angry, blood rushes to the face. When they are truly angry, however, and ready for action... Blood leaves the surface of the body and goes to the large muscles of the arms and legs. Martin was ready for action. His whole body was tensed. His face was as pale as death. <laughs> oh, Steve's misread yeah, that one. Yeah, it's because he's angry. Yeah, not the not yeah. heroin. It's a very angry team. Eddie said you were here, Martin spat. Well, he would, wouldn't he? Michelle replied. There was a brief smile on her face, but it was not a smile born of pleasure. You rotten bitch, he shouted. He moved towards Michelle in a menacing way. I stood up ready to get between them. Because of my bruises, I could not move as quickly as I wished. Martin grabbed Michelle by the shoulders. He started to shake her as if she were a rag doll. All the while, he was shouting obscenities. The message was that Michelle, of all the young women in the world, was not included in Martin's top ten. What? <laughs> what a strange... <laughs> You're not even in my top ten women. A slam. That's the kind of anger we were warned about. Yeah. A rundown from ten down. <laughs> I had never seen him like this before, never so angry and agitated. I grabbed hold of Martin. In spite of the pain from my lacerated hands, I placed him in an arm lock. Michelle was a cool customer. Although she had been roughed up by Martin, a trained footballer many times stronger than she was, she brushed herself down, maintained her cool, and looked straight at him. What are you trying to do, Martin, she asked. Are you trying to kill your baby? End of chapter. Wow! I'd say that was the least surprising line. Yeah. From the moment Martin comes in and he's there to see Michelle, it's implicit he's the father of the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still good. Yeah. And it's good that we've got another a hot suspect at last that isn't Eddie Carberry. Yeah. It's a shame Martin's on the old the old horse, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> the whole do you think Martin's top ten women are celebrities? <laughs> or do you think that they're sort of mutual friends of him and Michelle? <laughs> Julie would be in the top ten. Do you think it's like Kelly Brook and like Grace Jones? Kelly Brook, Linda Evangelista, your sister. <laughs> <laughs> And you're probably like eleven. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was that was that a was great, great chapter. I enjoyed that. Yeah, really good. I, I remember who the murderer is, but I, I can't remember how many chapters we got left. Two or three? Three. Thirteen, 13 chapters. Total, we start eleven. Yeah. Very exciting indeed. Oh wow! Um, it's really hotting up. Those two chapters that uh, we've done this month have been a real um, a real win. I think. Any theories, observations, fan fiction? Do send it in. Hello at quicklykevin.com. Otherwise, uh, we will see you next month for more uh, Steve Barnes. Yeah, I was trying to think of something to Martin Thornton. See you later. (laughs) 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 See you next month. There you go. Chapter 10, Striker. I mean, what an episode. When the whole book is just good stuff. If you want to join the Quickly Kevin fan club, you can sign up at anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin, or 
you can go on the Apple Podcast app, go on the Quickly Kevin show page and you can sign up and you can get access to ad-free episodes. You can get access right now to next week's episode, Yanaga Fjortoft. Uh, and you'll get every episode a week early this season, plus all the bonus episodes going back years like this one and all the other chapters, like I say. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back on Monday. Until then, Robbie Slater, see you later. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.